0: Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business twenty-four-seven, serving hot, fresh food. I'm in Montreal. Moans in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and I'm on.
1: Hey, DK, on a beautiful Friday.
0: <laughs> How you living, man? Bonjour! Right back to you. I'm up here for the NHL draft, covering it for for our website. Uh, a really, really fun event in a beautiful city. Yeah. Can't recommend it strongly. I'm gonna be enough.
1: honest. Hmm. I, I got a visit now. It was never on my list and you've you've sold me. How's the weather?
0: Well, Montreal is not the place where you say, hey, let's go there for the weather because generally speaking, it's obviously it's very cold. We're talking about we're talking about Quebec, but not now. Okay. <laughs> it's Summer in Canada is just like summer in the US It's uh, The the nights are a little cooler And you don't get hit with as much humidity
1: Okay
0: uh, Depending, I mean, Canada's really wide, obviously As wide as the US, so it's got its variances But it's, it's you know, out there, it's it's not bad It's it's not bad at all I'm going, screw it, you've sold me, DK <laughs> I have, well, I'm going to ask you to sell me on something all right, In this gonna... segment here We were doing this fun Hall of Fame discussion earlier in the week where we were looking at the current roster and nothing else and just saying which guys could conceivably end up being in the Hall of Discussion. There's easy guys like TJ. There's kind of, you know, Najee and Minka. Minka, If they do this and if they do that. Well, Cam is going to be in the discussion too. (laughs) Yeah, We don't want Cam... Getting angry at the show twice in the same week, right? <laughs> no, Cam, Cam will definitely be in there. <laughs> yeah. um, and you threw in Dan Moore yeah, and pretty much knocked me off my chair. What are you thinking there when you say that? I mean, this is a second-year left tackle. who Fourth-round pick. He did a fourth-round pick who did some good things as a rookie year and, of course, obviously yeah. had rookie struggles as well.
1: Mm hmm. Um, I'll say this. He's playing for let's just get some of the formalities of it out the way too. when I discuss these types of things. He's playing for a franchise, man, that's always above board, meaning there is a bigger microphone, magnifying glass on Pittsburgh than some of the other organizations around the league that plays a part in it. DK, Um. I'm looking at the fact that he started not just play. He started early. As a rookie in this NFL league, man, he's also a draft pick too. He's coming in with the idea that he will have, I think, if all goes well, man, with Kenny picking a franchise quarterback on that he's protecting the backside of it. That's the other aspect of it. too, DK is he is protecting the backside of of the quarterback, and we know this to be true too. When it comes down to um, who gets in, who gets you know, who gets kind of shunned when it, when we're talking about the NFL Hall of Fame it's usually not the left tackle. Okay. The left tackle is the one position in which the voters, the, the people who watched the game put a huge emphasis on that position up until late is where right tackle started to get their respect. And even more so recently, we're looking at the interior guys that started getting their respect where guards and centers are. He play, he's playing the left tackle position. As far as what he did in year one, I think the, the 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 ceiling is or the sky's the limit for a kid like him. Only five penalties throughout the year because you can't really look at their offensive stats. I'm not sure how many sacks he gave up as far as his detriment to the team, but I would think if he gave up up eight it would be a whole lot less the next year okay and then of course I'm looking at the way he played he was always available he played almost every snap last year and he was just a good part of this team he didn't do anything DK in year one to really take away from the team so because of that I'm looking at the floor that he's built for himself and if he takes his craft serious, and I kind of mentioned this the other day, if he takes that serious, if he looks at the position that he's in, not giving something, he clearly had to earn it. Now, I know Zach was out and he worked himself into it, but they actually put him at left tackle and moved Chooks over to right, which yes. is fine too. Chooks yes. got paid. It was good. I have no problems with that. Chooks is probably better off as a right tackle, and, and, and that's good for him. But the fact that they felt confident with a rookie at left tackle DK, I think that kind of puts him a little bit above most when you're looking at how you judge him.
0: Well, here I, I, I want to ask you, though, when you say that he's he's got this or he's got that, yeah, the, the potential, what do you actually see? Because we're not talking about someone with Jonathan Ogden's size. No. Uh, we're probably not talking about someone who has elite feet or mm-hmm. elite speed. What is it yeah. that you've seen that you've liked?
1: The technique – is there early for a guy like himself? He finishes well, DK, which is a big component on saying who gets that HOF. How many highlights do you have? That's the one thing that really stood out with Marquise early on. He gets in the space. You gotta have highlights when talking about guys like that. I've seen him play overly physical DK at that position too. And just the calmness and how he's approached it too, DK. I don't think that can be I don't think that can be overstated. You you got a very I'm talking about very high intense position in what you're playing the left tackle, and not just that. You played it with Ben. You've seen how a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback operates with with him in front of you. So for him to be able to get that down, DK, I'm, I'm 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 excited for him. He he's able to get in space, which gives him highlights. He finishes well. His technique has been good too, and his knowledge of the game will just continue to evolve the more and more he plays. And Lord forbid anything any, any type of injury happens, but. If he continues at this rate, DK, I think we got to kind of look at it and say if the Steelers stay a good team too, because not everybody's Joe Thomas, okay, as far as being on a bad team, winning will help this also, DK. Yeah,
0: it it will. Uh, The one thing that I want to share is that uh, people in Pittsburgh don't really know Dan more yet, meaning as a person. Not yet. And i got to tell you, Moan, I spent a pretty good amount of time with him in, in yeah. OTAs and mini camp, and and felt like I got to know him a little bit. Now it's just the beginning, but this is a bright, ambitious, yeah. thoughtful, and yeah. what's the word I'm looking for here? A bold kind of personality, not obnoxiously yeah. so. But right. for example, Moan, when I asked him a question about what does it mean to have you know you guys uh, the, the offensive lineman here, you you obviously you spent some money. You added yeah. some talent. You brought in James Daniels. You brought in Mason Cole and whatever. What is it going to take to get together, and when will you know that? And instead of just giving me the routine, like, well, we need to mesh, we need to gel, da 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 offensive line answers, yeah. he came back with like a Ramon-level answer <laughs> that said, well, you will we'll know mm-hmm. that we're getting there when we're all comfortable looking each other in the eye and saying, hey, yeah. you're not doing enough. Yep. Or you messed this up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, Whoa, really? Yeah. Dude, you're not even you didn't even start your second year yet. And you're and you're
1: saying that? I liked it. You know what? That's a good place to be. That's why I say I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid of of, of making a claim like that for a kid like himself, DK. He's a heck of an athlete, man. He's strong enough to play the position. And let's be real, he was kind of thrown in this, that position too yes. to try to figure out yes. who was gonna, you know, mesh well with this group. So play big time ball in college and continue to play and get right now. I think he's going to be there in Florida. You know, the idea that he understands that he's not afraid of calling people out. Kind of lets you know how he feels about himself, too, because you can't call out not one person and not expect people to judge you, too. So I think that gives him a lot of credit when it comes to that aspect of being a young pro, man. I wish I would had that mindset early on as a pro, too, and I wish I had a group like his earlier on, too, to kind of, you know, push that in. And maybe that was, you know, the remnants of what we left
0: behind, that guys are not afraid
1: to challenge each other.
0: When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, the Steelers are still pegged by the Vegas betters as winning 7.5 games. Um, Other than the fact that it's going to be tough to win .5 games, although they do occasionally tie, we're going to discuss why that does or does not make sense. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Moan, I I was on um, a podcast the other day on Spotify Live with Trey Wingo and, and Mark Schlereth. And both of them, I'm sure you know uh, yeah. quite well. And they asked me to come on and talk about the Steelers and the expectations for the team and whatever else. And they brought up that the, the betting line still yeah. for the Steelers is at 7.5 or wins for the year. Yeah. Now, bettors are not in the habit of throwing their money away. They, they do work. They do research. And at the same time... When they asked me this question, like why is it that they're at seven point five? I came back and asked them, Why do you think they're at seven point five? Because I wanted them to enunciate that it was yeah. entirely about the quarterback position. Yes. And 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 Schlereth, to his inestimable credit, immediately says, It's quarterback. It's quarterback. Oh it's God. the most important position, and that's the uncertainty that's involved, and betters don't like uncertainty. Is this mm-hmm. fair, though, Mona? Are they a 7.5-win team?
1: Uh, I think they're above. I think they're above, and I'm not Homer when I say this. I just know the way this team is and how we've always kind of operated. Heck, we were supposed to go, what was it, in 2010, basically 0-4 with being out, and I think we went either 4-0 and 0 or 3-1. and 1. You know, we—I was telling that to somebody other. I was telling it to a, a guy. I did a podcast with Darren Bates. I was just like, man, you love playing in Pittsburgh. I was like, if you ever become a free agent, he's a linebacker. I was like, you will love playing in Pittsburgh simply because everybody buys into the process, and I I think that's a part in which the betters don't really take into consideration, and they shouldn't. They're in the business of trying to make money. That's why they put it at seven and a half. Maybe some people take the under and 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 just real just feel like they can get an easy win. I'm I'm not of that mindset though because I know the DNA of that team, and that's one thing I always kind of stress to people when they start speaking about wins and losses and how you always. Find yourself into winning a game or two. And again, I can understand it. Why? Without Ben and without a guy that's sure at quarterback. That is the main reason. We watched Baker Mayfield get traded the other day to Carolina and they moved their win losses, I think, by a half a win because yeah. th- that's the only position that really moves the needle when we talk that's about wins and point. losses, right?
0: Yeah. It's the quarterback. A great point.
1: I, I, I look at this, Ross, and I say to myself, I look at this schedule, and I say to myself, well, let's be realistic about where you are. I think the first three weeks can be dubs for you. You got, uh, no, 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 well, no, 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 Cincinnati, since it's good. Yeah. New England, I think you can win New England at home. I think you win Cleveland at home, or at Cleveland. I think at you win Cleveland, Jets yeah. at home, Yeah. okay? Buffalo, Tampa, who it's could be sticky.
0: Yeah, tough.
1: It's, it's Miami and Philadelphia. I think they can squeeze out one of those just simply because I don't trust their quarterbacks, and I like our defenses a whole lot better than those two teams right there, okay, D.K.? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you go down at New Orleans, I can see that one. They can win Indy. They can win Atlanta. Baltimore, you can split with. Carolina, they can beat that one. Vegas could be an issue, too. Seven, no. I, I don't give them under
0: seven and a half. Here's what I see. I see that this team was 9-7-1, and speaking of yeah. .5. Last season. Okay. Yeah. And all anyone did, and rightly so, was yeah. complain about the offense. Mm-hmm. The offense in some ways was the worst in the NFL. If that sounds mean, so Stagnant. be it. Okay. Uh, the offensive line couldn't run block. Najee still made it to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And the and, and and Ben, with all due respect, wouldn't or couldn't throw past 10 yards. Wow. Yeah. And as a result, everybody was able to just pack it in on the line of scrimmage, and the offense was just a disaster—a disaster. Okay, a disaster. So, what you have to be presuming here is that the Steelers at nine, seven, and one are going to be even worse offensively. That's how I see it, and I don't see how I don't uh, see how this offense goes backward from where it was. Okay, with- the, the only thing I'll say in in in, in fairness. To to anybody who's predicting a a backward step for the offense is that the one thing that they did have going for them last year was that out of those nine wins, seven of them were fourth quarter comebacks engineered by you know who, and he's not around. And I I, I get it, Moan. Everybody's freaked out because it's a different quarterback.
1: It is. And and, and to be fair, you're supposed to feel that way. But the season has to play itself out. And I feel a whole lot better about our wide receiving course this year. I feel better about the D-line actually knowing what you're getting yourself into. I feel better about the offensive line, too, and the tight ends. Like, those are, are, are points in which could be determining factors in wins and losses. And again, and the, int- the reintroduction of the consistent long ball is what I'm hoping Matt Canada does for this offense to keep teams honest, DK. So, yeah, they'll get attacked early and often when it comes to nobody trusting the guy under center. But I think they push through just simply because you put any other franchise, you put Russell Wilson into this offense. We're talking about what top five AFC team potentially
0: um you're gonna have a top five afc defense let's put it that way
1: yeah for sure i i i like the moves they made the season we'll see but that's the reason we just put ourselves into deep into football season though dk
0: when we come back the segment that illustrates every single day why we just totally waste our time with the first two segments back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from John who says, Hey Moan, what really separates the last cuts from the preseason wow. from those players who make the 53-man roster? What's the real separator for that last group? The last cut. Golly. Man,
1: it's... It's so many different variables, man. Um God, Lee, that is a great question. Complex and complicated question too. See, I just um, wanna
0: put I just wanna post a big picture of Danny Smith <laughs> filling the entire screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, that's part of it, isn't it? That's part it of is. it.
1: Special teams, what, what other benefit do you have? Um, and it's usually a bunch of young guys or veteran who's been a traveler too, man. But most of the times that veteran's pretty much solidified himself, e if he's that good of a, a vet to where his price is low. Let's be honest about that. And he's he's made a splash and 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 camp that you can recognize and know that's gonna be there during the season, too. For the young guys, man. It's a matter of how valuable you you valuable you are as either, let's say, a swing tackle or let's say a guy that can play center and guard, like making the active day roster. And, and, and a cool fun fact, most of the roster is really trimmed out before you even get to camp. There's a guy, too, that makes a splash, and it's usually to your point, DK, the specialist. Who's going to help fill out those core players? And by core players, I mean guys that's going to sell out on special teams, guys that are, that are that are good at, I'll be honest, being scout team guys. Those are the guys that kind of make it, too, if you can efficiently run a a card. Because about the third game of the preseason, when you start game prepping, they want to see, excuse my French a little bit, since you're in Montreal, DK, is who's not going to be a dumbass and slow us down as far as practice reps go? Because if you can't read this card that I'm giving you, then guess what? You can't be on this team because it's all about efficiency and being methodical
0: and how we operate. So, these it's, people don't have a word for dumbass, by the way. They, they just they do, call. It. I'm not familiar with
1: it. <laughs> they just call it okay. <laughs> uh, but it, it really boils down to special teams, and um, I'll be honest with you. I think what type of teammate you will be too. Uh, that plays a factor. And if it's guys with a bad attitude, bad body language on the field, I think that 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 call that has some cause and effect to it too, DK. Um, but just in general, it boils down to what Danny
0: Smith needs. Yeah, the the ties end up being broken by special teams and, yeah. of course, by practice squad considerations. One of the things that ends up—and this is boring, but it's part of it—so I'm going to throw it into the answer. Uh, general managers are looking to cut players who they think can make it through safely onto their onto their practice true. squads. And that's a big, big variable in this. Um, And again, it's not the sexy answer. It's not the, what's the big separator? It's usually technical stuff like that. Ramon mentioned money and so forth. Um, But it has a lot to do with how can we slide this guy who we kind of like, Mm -hmm. can we slip him under the radar here and and get him through to the practice? So
1: your point about that, DK, I think it's fair to say. A a lot of people wouldn't want to hear this, but it goes to those people that you love in camp. They're only important to you. To the eyes that are watching them, so your point about sliding them under the waiver wire—that's mm-hmm. a fair thing to be said. That's the business side that a lot of people won't admit. You're only important to the fan base that is watching you. So yeah. I know I can get you on practice squad. So because of this, I'm going to keep that guy because I've seen more out of him.
0: Yeah, this is this is pretty much this whole question is about Tuzar Skipper in a way. Yeah, okay, <laughs> because that's Tuzar preseason hero comes up with a bunch of sacks and everything, and everyone gets excited. And like you said, they see him. They value him. Okay. And the Steelers try to, you know, I'm sure they would have had no problem keeping him, but they didn't. Why? Because he put those sacks on tape. He ends up getting taken by another team. Uh, wasn't it Kansas city? I can't remember exactly. Danny ended up in Tennessee. also. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and, and the fans go, look what you did here. You got rid of this guy, but you kept so-and-so bum over here. Well, so-and-so bum that they would have kept was probably a call that was made again by Danny Smith where Danny, not that he makes the final call. What happens is Mike Tomlin goes to him and says, out of these guys, who do you need? So so they talk about the sacks being
1: made and stuff like that. Well, you got two and three starters for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you you got guy. We don't need another one of those. We need a guy that's going to sell out on special teams. So if if you're interested more in just being a position player, well, I can't help you because this guy right here is going to run down and make me 10 tackles a year on special teams. I don't need another rusher. Those guys hardly get in at the rate that they need to be effective anyway. So why do I need that? Go give me a special teamer. And if you're
0: again, if you're a player who's on the bubble, yeah, become Tyler Matakievich. Yes, uh, or, or do what you did uh, as as Benny Snell did to make yourself more versatile and more valuable hmm
1: And Benny Snell has done that big he time. He really man.
0: has. Yeah, and also has Dirty Red. Let's go <laughs> there's again. No about uh, there's
1: another guy. Roosevelt Knicks made Pro Bowler as a freaking fullback. Yeah. Let's not act like he wasn't blowing people up on special teams. That's, That's how right. he stayed around.
0: Uh, human missile. Moan, this was good. I absolutely enjoyed this week. This was good. We should do and, this show, like, all the time. Wait. And I'm going to
1: try to make a light promise that next week I – Message Dan Moore and I'ma see if I can get him a sit down. I'm just gonna
0: throw that out there. I don't think I don't think Dan Moore's gonna big time you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I know people that know people that'll get him to say yeah. <gasps> oh wow. Wow. <laughs> is this the part of the gun show again? <laughs> right there, DK. Let's Monday. do it again Monday, Moon. I'm ready, DK.